Hello, welcome to the Hub Podcast. This is Garrett along with Micah and Christian, and we are recording from Zoom again this week. And um, it's yet another week where we are um, trying to stay safe from COVID this time because I have gotten Micah sick. Um, presumably, we don't know. Um, I, I tested positive last Thursday or last Friday. Micah, when did you test positive, Micah? Monday. Monday. So we're all in recovery here. Christian is good. He doesn't have it, but we're all um, been there, done that, right? From home. I've been there, yeah. done that. That's, that's old news. Christian <laughs> lost his sense of taste and smell. Um, uh, Micah, have you? I haven't yet. Mm, I still got it. Yeah. So that I that's the one thing I don't want to lose because that's like my best quality is is being able to eat food. So, um, but today we are talking about materialism. Um, we're we're continuing this series on isms, and we're talking about possessions and basically the physical world and how material the material world um, can infiltrate our spiritual life and our, our walk. And it, it, it's a huge topic, especially within Jesus's ministry, within his teachings to kind of refute possessions, refute the material world. Um, and that kind of teaching is in very stark contrast to the way the world operates today, even in the church. That's something actually in our um, um, Bible study last night, um, we're going over the book of Judges. And we were talking about how the church today is starting to grow in this materialistic outlook um, because we are kind of letting the world infiltrate our, our worship and our gatherings. And, you know, that's a dangerous spot to be in. That's a slippery slope. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, what do you all have to say about it? Well, I got lots to say. I, okay. I feel like I should start <laughs> off the moment. Y'all want me to start off with Yeah, you? sure, let's do it. All right. so I haven't told Micah and Garrett the hum moment of the day, but I think this goes great. I actually just found this out maybe 30 minutes before we did the podcast, so it was perfect timing. So maybe God wants me to say this, I don't know. Um, but our hum moment, to go with materialism and talking, uh, you know, the culture we live in, um, especially in America, we spend money on a lot of things. We spend money, you've probably spent money on some dumb things in your life. If you're listening right now, you've probably bought – some things that you should never have bought, and you might have bought some things that you regret buying. Um, but here's one for you. As we're thinking about a world that is consumed with material things, uh, Micah Garrett, <laughs> I'm going to be surprised. Have you ever heard of Lil Uzi Vert? Yes, I have. I've heard, uh, but I cannot say that I've listened to a single one <laughs> yeah, of his songs. I've never listened to his music, but I've heard the name. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I've never heard a single song from him. I'm, I guess I'm out of uh, culture but i do know the name and i was watching a video today and uh he mentioned <clears throat> Louis Bert, and this is what he oh, did i know what you're talking about yeah he got and garrett this is gonna blow your mind he got a 24 million dollar diamond implanted into his forehead holy crap 24 million <laughs> yeah all right he said yeah. he'd been paying on it for years four years my gosh. Now, here's the thing. He's only worth $16 million net worth-wise. So his forehead's worth more than he is. Apparently. I don't know how that works. Well, he might be exaggerating the price or what, but basically he has a legit 
million million dollar diamond that's worth more than his Bugatti on his forehead. <laughs> Did he ever say why? Uh, like, he just what? just goes probably. I guess to show off his wealth or he likes jewelry. Clear, clearly, you'd have to, right? But yeah, I, but I just think it's it kind of makes you say like, huh? Like, what made this guy? Um, what made this rapper want to do that? And you know, I'm so not, you know, thinking on that, what's the point? Like for you all, if you think of a materialist point of view, like put put yourself in his shoes. Why would you know? I can't really say that I think that that I live that way um i guess to an extent we all do um but what's the point of of living for material possessions like playing devil's advocate here why what did what what would little uzi vert whatever his name is what would he uh, <laughs> what would he say to defend those actions so i would say like from, from like a worldly side of things like why you'd want material things because my, it's from a worldly standpoint, material things sometimes help bring power and influence. Mm. So, you know, it, it probably helps out. You know, I mean, if I'm a rapper, <laughs> if I was not a Christian, I was a rapper, I might do the same thing. Uh, you know, it shows off your your wealth, and one, you're going to get a lot of attention. Um, and, and it just kind of, I don't know, I guess it gives you some sort of influence to do yeah, something. I think for many people, they they feel materialism adds value to their life. Um, and it also, in I think in um, you know to, on on Earth, I think it makes you think that people you know will like you more, will follow you more. Maybe you know for Lil Uzi Vert, it's probably a publicity stunt, right? How much more publicity is going to get now that he just put a twenty-four million dollar diamond in his forehead? Sure. Um, you know his music's probably going to be listened to more. I mean, I would I would you know I I would bet that in the next weeks you're going to see his music he's going to probably come out with some new ones and his music is going to be probably a little more popular um i think there is you know i think they uh, you've heard the phrase there's no bad press i think to many people that is a hundred percent true statement anytime their name is said uh and a lot of that a lot of that times a lot of the times i think that does refer to materialism um you know i think a jeff bezos i saw something about him a couple years ago he just was like he bought like his eighth house or something, you know, just, I mean, like, what do you need an eighth house? What do you need three houses? What do you need, you know, two houses for, you know, obviously yeah. a vacation home probably, but it's, it's just getting your name in the news. And for him and his mind that advances Amazon, yada, yada, yada. Um, so I think uh, materialism often surrounds fame. Uh, and I think um, often those can go together in the same, and maybe it's not, national or global fame but maybe local fame you look at friends uh friend groups like in small communities someone gets airpods and then it's like oh dude we need to get airpods you know and, and it doesn't have to be scaled to a 24 million dollar diamond it can be scaled to jordans or or to airpods or to you know sometimes there's the fads of when that when kids will make those like homemade bracelets or whatever mm. and there for a little while you just see everyone has one on because one person did uh, and there's like a connection or an acceptance there i think with materialism that often go hand in hand I think there has a lot to do with, with our fallen nature too, where, you know, uh, in the garden before the fall, Adam and Eve only desired God. That, that was all they knew. That was all they desired. His presence was overwhelmingly enough for them. But then whenever they were tempted, 
they desired something else. And so materialism um, is an offshoot from that fall, from, from that temptation of, you know, I'm desiring something other than God. Well, the thing is, when there's a God-shaped hole in our heart, you're never going to desire something that can fill that hole. It's a, just an empty void that's never going to be filled up. And so the issue with materialism is that you can fill that hole and fill that hole and fill that hole with all sorts of things from this world. And it's just never going to bring you joy. And, and I think that's what Jesus talks about um, specifically in the Beatitudes. Um, and you know, the Beatitudes are basically a lot, a lot of scholars will look at chapters, um, chapter six and seven of, of Matthew um, chapter five through seven of Matthew and say that um, it's possible that these chapters weren't actually all preached in one setting, that it was a combination of like Jesus's greatest hits. Um, regardless, he has a section in here talking about possessions um, in Matthew 6, 19 through 24. He says, don't store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves don't break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And, you know, that completely sums up um, from Jesus's point of view, from a spiritual point of view, you know, this is a command, don't store up for yourselves material possessions, because they don't last. They're, they're just going to wane and fade. Nothing, nothing here on earth is meant to last forever. So, you know, um, critically thinking, that's obvious, you know, that's, that's a good point of view, but to someone who's not spiritually minded, to someone that's not a a Christian, why wouldn't they store up material possessions? You know, playing devil's advocate again, if little Uzi Vert isn't a Christian, I just, I hate that that's his name. (laughs) That's just so weird to me. Um, If he's not a Christian, and he has no concept of the spiritual nature of life, you know, why wouldn't he store up material possessions? You know, that, there's no reason not to, um, except for the fact that eventually they'll, they'll break apart. Well, $24 million diamond probably won't break apart in his lifetime. So it doesn't make a big difference. Um, I, just, I just can't get out of my mind vision off of Marvel. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. That. And then Thanos ripping it yeah. out. Like it would hurt so bad. If somebody, <laughs> like if somebody tried to, like he's on the street and somebody, oh, he's got a $24 million diamond. I'm going to rob this guy. Yeah, he better have good security. He better have like $20 million security. That's all I'm saying. That he does have insurance on it. Yeah. I wouldn't be going around and bragging that I have a $24 million diamond on my forehead. Do you think singers sure. get their vocal cords insured? Mm. Yes, um, I heard like celebrities get certain <laughs> get certain body parts and yeah, stuff. like hand really? models and stuff. Yeah, get models and stuff. <laughs> That's wild, isn't uh, it? I think I'm gonna like, be. A- how do you cash that in? Like, I got a nasty hangnail. I need insurance on it. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, like obviously you would think to the extreme of like losing your hand, but like that's not you know, especially for someone who doesn't like work in like construction. You know, like the risks of that are not really yeah. high. I think the insurance so. of it is if let's say you're a hand model and you break a fingernail. Or you uh, slam it in a door, and you have you have you a miss big, a gig or something. You have a big gig that week, yeah. and you can't do it. They'll reimburse you for. Gotcha. Makes sense. Anyway, yeah. anyway, well, I don't, I mean, anyway. Going, continuing on what Jesus was talking about here <laughs> in the Beatitudes. Well done, Garrett. Good job. Good job. Way to get us back on track. <laughs> um, so he talks about he makes this thesis of don't store up for yourself possessions because it's pointless. 
But then he almost like switches um, what he's talking about. Um, and he goes on in verse 22 and he says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? And to us today, we, we read him talking about the possessions and, you know, time destroying possessions. And then he talks about the eye and it's really easy to be like, where, what, where in the world is Jesus going with this? What, what's the point of him making this big switch and in, in topic, but in ancient, in, in the context in, in Jewish writings of that time, there was kind of this view that um, we're saying, I guess, that a good eye represents someone that's generous um, and, and, and loving, has a good positive attitude, and a bad eye is someone that is stingy and miserable um, and, and someone that is kind of like more concerned about themselves than others. And so Jesus goes from talking about possessions to talking about the eye, and he uses this contemporary example, this saying, um, saying, listen, you know, the eye um, is the lamp of your body. So he says, if you have a good eye, if you are generous, and if you're loving, and you want to help others out, well, that's just an extension of who you are underneath. If you have a bad eye, if you only care about yourself, if you only care about accumulating your own strength and wellness and, and prosperity, then that's just an extension of your heart. And so, you know, talking about the eye is another way of talking about one's view of possessions. And he's saying, if you have a good eye, if you are someone that doesn't care about what you have, but what others have, well, that's just an extension of the spirit that's within you. That's just an extension of what's in your heart. Whereas if you have a bad eye and you're only con concerned about yourself, that's an extension of um, the, the, the selfish nature within you. Um, so one could say then that storing up for yourself possessions on earth kind of is an extension of a selfish and self-invested desire within your heart, which is completely contradictory to what the church and what Christians are supposed to be. So if we look at someone, um, if we look at fellow Christians and we say, or, and we can see, um, well, they're really consuming themselves with material possessions. They're wanting more and more and more. They're focused on what they can gain. Well, that's telling us, or that should tell us that it's possible that their heart isn't oriented in the same way that Christ wants their heart to be with a selfless nature, with a mm -hmm. loving and generous, uh, uh, generous um, nature. Um, and, it, and it all extends back to that, um, which, you know, in, in thinking about that, you know, I was reading, um, what, what was I just reading? I can't I think it was Bonhoeffer um, talking about community. Um, and I can't, maybe it wasn't, I can't remember. There's, it's all, <laughs> I can't remember what book it was. That I was just working through, but um, in the end, it was talking about how the church is bringing in the materialistic view of the world where we have this tendency now to um, see what someone else has. And we want it. We, had, we see, um, well, we buy a new house, but someone else just bought a bigger house. So we want a bigger house. Um, 
And we're doing that now within the church. Well, this church just built a new life center. So we need to match them and build one as well. Or this mm-hmm. church just put in brand new pews. So we need to do the same. And, and we, we kind of were taking um, our faith, which is supposed to be immaterial and we're turning it into a material mm-hmm. mindset. And, you know, we see that within the prosperity gospel, um, but we just see that really vastly within the Americanized church. And that's a dangerous thing. Yes, I, I think a big thing is one, you know, we have to ask ourselves the question uh, and I'll ask you guys, how much is too much? Uh, is there, how can a Christian uh, determine? Cause I, here's the thing. Um, one, I think it's good to have stuff because I think, in a sense, you need stuff. You don't need stuff, but you need it, um, or you can use stuff to glorify God. Mm. Uh, and and uh, God allows us to to have possessions so that we can use them for His glory. But here's a question: How much is too much? How are we able to? And I know everybody's going to be different. But what do you guys think? Let's talk about that. How much materialistic, um, or how much? Uh, items or how much things in your house or how much houses or how much is too much well i'll i'll kind of give like the cop-out answer and then i'll uh delve further um i think it's it's an individual thing um in the sense that you know i don't i don't i think we have to be careful of that um but i think it's it's how our relationship with god and how the spirit leads us um you're gonna see people there's a guy i can't even i can't even think of his name Uh, and one of you will know it, I'm sure, but he, um, mega church pastor, maybe Saddleback, um, Warren, Greg Warren, is that his name? Rick Warren. Yeah. Rick Warren. Um, he, um, he got paid by his church for years, wrote several books and the money he has made from his book, he does reverse tithing is what he calls it. And so he gives, 90% 90% of his earnings back to the church and lives on 10% and has paid back all the salary his church has ever paid him. Wow. And so, you know, you look at his life and of course I'm not, I'm not speaking for him. I don't know how much he makes, but I'm assuming that 10% is, you know, it's probably decent enough to live on. You know, it's probably not like he's living on, you know, $7,000 a year. I'm thinking that 10% is, is still a good amount, but example given he could have lived, it would it have been wrong for him to live on 50%. You know, if, if he were to only have given 50% of all his money to the church and live on the other 50, we would still be like, that's amazing, right? Um, now, if he were to give 10% and tithe, he would just be like the majority of Christians. So to, to answer that question, I don't, <clears throat> excuse me, forgive me of my COVID coughs. Um, I don't know that there is, I don't know that, it, it's hard to answer that question, how much is too much. The, the answer would be when when the too much covers God when you no longer are seeing God primarily and you are just walking the walk or you're just um, walking through the motions uh, and you're just kind of like, well, you know, whatever, you know, having the computer that I'm on, it may be too much for me. Um, And and even just like having two or three of those possessions, you know, worth a few hundred dollars, that may be too much. If it's distracting me from God, I may be a multimillionaire, and it may not be too much because my focus is on God and I'm able to give money away and yada, yada, yada. <clears throat> so I, I think to answer that question truthfully, the answer is going to be different for everybody. Um, I don't think there's anything, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a nice house. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with not having pride in a um, 
selfish way, but being proud that God has blessed you with the ability to do something like that. And Jenny and I, when we looked and when we started talking about purchasing a house, we said when we purchase a house, we want it to be a ministry. Um, we want our house to be a form of ministry, something that we have, quote unquote, control over, um, that we can make decisions on. You know, we can put holes in the wall and hang a picture if we want. But we also, because it's ours, we have the responsibility to use it as a home to advance Christ and his kingdom. And so I think it's, it's all perspective. You know, someone might say you shouldn't buy a house because that's a waste of money. You should give that money to the poor instead. And I think that's a, a fine idea as well. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I think we're each led differently. And I think we each have different gifts and, and God has given us each different gifts. What's important is we use, like Christian, like you said, is, is using, uh, using those gifts and, and, and what God has given us to glorify him no matter what we have or how much we have. Yeah. Um, but I do think we need to be close enough to the spirit daily to recognize if our stuff are too much, if it becomes a problem and it starts blocking our vision of God, we need to purge. We need to get rid of it. We need to give to the poor. You look at the story in scripture of the man who comes to Jesus and, and he's like, I followed all the commandments. What else must I do to get into the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus is like, great. You followed all the commandments. So now I want you to go sell your stuff and follow me. And the guy walks, turns his head, puts his head down sad and walks away because he can't give up his stuff. But yet he followed all the other commandments. So, so clearly we can, there can definitely be too much. And, and that guy, an example, probably had too much stuff because it blocked his vision of Christ. Um, and so, you know, a long answer made short at the very end now. I think it and, can differ. Yeah. And you can't put a, you can't price put a tag, price yeah. tag or you can't put in a, a specific amount to say, oh, you can't spend more than $200 on this. You can't, uh, that's not what we're talking about. I think as Mike had mentioned, you know, with materialism is, you know, where's your heart going to be? Is it blocking or is it getting in the way of your relationship with Christ? Uh, and not only your relationship with, the, with Christ, but maybe even to add to it, is it getting in the way of your relationship um, with others and their relationship with Christ? I, I think material uh, materials could get in the way of that as well. But I love, you know, what Garrett had read in Matthew chapter six, you know, where our heart is, that's where our treasure uh, is going to be. And, or where your treasure is, that's where your heart is going to be. So I think when we go uh, and, and when you buy stuff and you're going to buy, we're all going to buy stuff the rest of our life. But when we begin to make purchases or we, or maybe, maybe you're listening today and you just need to reconsider some of the things that you have in your house. Um, consider, hey, like what things are useful uh, and, and what things are getting in the way of my relationship with Christ. Uh, and that could be, I mean, it could be a video game system. It could be, uh, you know, maybe you spend too much time uh, spending money on books or, and I'm not saying buy books, uh, please buy books. But, uh, you, you know, there's certain things that you can think about. Um, there's certain things that you can monitor uh, and you for yourself, you might have to sit down with your spouse or maybe you're listening and you're in the youth. Think about, hey, what things are am I buying and what things are am I'm trying to gain possession of uh, and why am I trying to gain possession of these things? Are they going to help me in my walk with Christ? Are they useful for me? Uh, and, and just think about those things. You know, I have more than five pairs of shoes. Um, but I do have to think, Christian, do you need to buy any more shoes? And if you do, is it for a specific purpose? Uh, and most importantly, don't let those material things be in the way of your relationship 
Yeah. I, I think a, um, a lot of it has to do um, with, uh, with us making kind of this, um, you know, like you said, it's kind of subjective, Michael, Michael, Micah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going on. You got to your head, man. Yeah, I guess COVID's hit the brain. I've known you for um, too long for you to be calling me wrong names. Yeah, I know. That's, that's weird. <laughs> um, Michael. I'll be calling Christian Christiana <laughs> here in a minute. Um, I, I think a, a, a lot of it has to do with our own kind of capability of deciding <clears throat> if it's if material possessions affects our ministry, affects our, our walk um, with God and our walk with others. Um, I think that's what Paul was getting at. Um, he writes in to the Corinthians in his first letter, he talks to them about, um, you know, he has the, he had the right as an apostle, as a preacher, as someone that was bringing the gospel message to him, he had the right to receive benefits from them. Um, this is in first Corinthians nine. Um, he says, if we have sown spiritual things for you, is it too much if we reap material benefits from you? If others have this right to receive benefits from you, don't we even more? What he's talking about is in that day and age, there was people that were basically just traveling teachers and they would get paid obscene amounts of money just to come and teach. Um, and they'd be like philosophers and, and people that would just come travel to communities and they would stay for a while and the people would pay their, them a wage and give them food so that they could stay and teach them. Um, and Paul's saying, you know, I'm, I'm like another one of these teachers, except for I'm giving you the best message of all. I'm giving you the news of eternity. I have the right to reap material possessions from you so I can keep on doing this. But then he goes on to say, nevertheless, we have not made use of this right. Instead, we endure everything so that we will not hinder the gospel of Christ. And, you know, what we see from Paul is depending on where he was, it depended on how he lived. Sometimes some of his letters, I think it was um, in Ephesus, maybe they paid him um, and he lived off of their wage. In Corinth, he was a tent maker. Uh, he survived on what he did um, and didn't burden everyone else. So he kind of made his decision on how he handled material possessions and how he survived based off of whether or not it would hinder the gospel. So for him, what wasn't more important, it, his survival and his accumulation of material possessions had of no importance to him. What was utmost important that he, what he says is we do not want to hinder the gospel of Christ and whatever allows us to present the gospel of Christ and to get this message out there is what we're going to do. That's how we're going to live. And I think Christians, we have to be able to make that assessment. You know, is the way that I'm living, is the way that I'm frantically searching for a house, is the way that I'm frantically searching for a car, is that hindering the message of Christ? Is the way that I'm accumulating shoes, is the way that I'm accumulating possessions, is that hindering the message of Christ? Because mm. um, if it is, then we have to reassess. Yeah. Because that should be for, first and foremost in our mind um, as the extension yeah. of Christ. And I think it's also like Christian, he brought up shoes earlier and that made me think about something. Um, I also have several pairs of shoes. Um, and so I think we often, what we can do is we can rationalize our purchases like that. Uh, Christian and I are youth ministers, so we hang out with students a lot and, and uh, try to help them grow. So what's cool to students is what we, <clears throat> it, it's not that we define ourselves by that, but we want to be influential in their lives. So we 
sometimes have similar interests to them or at least take interest in some of the things that they do. And so we can rationalize maybe a shoe purchase by saying, well, all students will think these are sweet, not to get, you know, street cred with the students, but, but it's a connection piece. Now, you know, someone might say, well, you know, that's fine. If that's, if you, if you're not, you know, spending your money that your kids are going to eat on or that you're supposed to eat on as a family. But I think we can, to, to my point, we can rationalize. And, and my rationale a lot of times is I go to the clearance outlet in Knoxville, you know, when I are in Pigeon Forge, like when we're down in that area and you can get $30 Nikes, you know, and I love Nike shoes. So my mind is like, I can get two pair for 60 bucks, which is cheaper than what I normally would get a pair for. But in reality, I don't need those. You know, it's not, it's not that it's a good deal or whatever. Uh, and I think uh, like, like you're saying, Garrett, is, is it, our purchases or our materialism is it hindering our advancement of the kingdom um and i think it's not always pertaining to how much money we spend on it but the focus that we give it uh, and so i think we do as christians often we can rationalize those purchases and or those you know i say purchases as it's as if it's equal to materialism you can go to you know a garage sale and get 50 things for seven dollars and it would yeah. still be materialism so um I think we can rationalize those and say, well, you know, I don't need it, but this might help me advance the kingdom by blah, 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 blah. And that may be true, but what's your primary reason, right? Is it, is it because you just want the thing and you're just saying, well, you know, like in college, I wanted to go play video games professionally. (laughs) And I almost dropped out of Bible college after my halfway through my freshman year to go live with my buddies and go to Moorhead State, live in a house and just play video games all the time. So here's my rationalization of that. Um, I was like, I'm going to go, I was going to get paid to go to Moorhead a few thousand dollars a year. I was going to get paid to go there. You know, live in a house. I was going to do ministry part-time later. And so my rationalization was I'm going to go make some money now, get my bank account going so I can go pro in video games. I can do a ministry in professional video games because Lord knows that's an area that needs Jesus. All right. Um, all areas need Jesus. I'm not just dogging on uh, pro video game players, but that was my rationalization. And, and to all I'm just trying to say is we can rationalize things and, and we can really get in our head. Like this is, this is what God wants me to do. When in reality, it's what maybe you really want to do. Um, and luckily I had people in my life that said, finish your freshman year out and think about it. And then the second half of my freshman year changed the, the course of my life. So, uh, that the dream of going to play professional video games quickly went away, but um, I also wasn't good enough. So God was like, you'll fail epically if you try to do that. So, um, but I think we can rationalize things like that. Materialism to me is a big one that we often rationalize. I don't need this house, but if we have a couple more kids and then, and then it's got that big basement, I can have students over and we can have events. Um, yeah, you can, but you could probably also have it out in the yard. You know, there, there's other ways to do that. So uh, I think we just have to look out for that as Christians that we're not trying to rationalize materialism um, in a selfish way by saying, well, I can still use it for God. Uh, we should always use what we have for God and we should glorify him for what he's given us uh, and, and always seek to, to bless him through that. It's a, and it's a hard area, but, you know, as we talked earlier, this is going to be, uh, everybody is personally responsible for their own finances and everybody's responsible yeah. for uh, your own stuff. And, and for the listeners, like, um, it takes a lot of prayer to discern, you know, what do I need? Uh, and, and, and am I spending too much on certain mm. that I could be using for God? And, and, you know, we think about, all right, we, we talked about materialism, but 
what is a solution to a materialistic life? And mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm answering that question, especially for myself, uh, one of the biggest things that's helped me um, to not focus on materials and to kind of get away as much as possible from materialism is giving uh, and generosity. And I think uh, maybe you're listening today and you struggle with buying too much on Amazon. Uh, maybe you have way too many clothes. Maybe you have. If uh, the UPS guy knows your first name, last name, and birthday. <laughs> I, I feel bad. My UPS man comes out and talks to me. So, <laughs> but, but thinking about that, um, one way to combat materialism is through generosity and giving. And, you know, the Lord loves a cheerful giver. So give cheerfully. Mm. Uh, and maybe that's, maybe you need to give some things away in your house. Um, but to combat it even more is that in your future purchases or your future finances, go ahead and start giving that money. Tithe. Uh, I encourage everybody to tithe uh, at least 10% to the church, but also um, give to organizations, give to your friends, give to uh, just be, have this giving mentality that, Hey, strangers, friends, family members. Hey, I just want to be somebody who gives and blesses others. Yeah. I think there's uh, uh, there's so many organizations and all it takes is a little bit of a little bit of looking. Um, a little bit of effort. And, and if you ask God to lead you to that, he's going to lead you to someone to give to. Um, a lot of times people are jaded, I think, when it comes to giving because they're afraid that their gifts are going to be misused or mishandled. Um, some quick research on companies, man. Uh, there's sponsorship companies that sponsor kids all around the world. Um, there's all you have to do. I mean, they, they give their information of, as to how much what you give their, the kid gets. It's like nine. Most of them are like 92, 96 percent or something like that. Some, some are less, but whatever it's, it's, you know, when we give with a, like Christian said, um, we give with a cheerful heart when we give, um, it's in second Corinthians nine, six or eight, uh, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver and God is able to bless you abundantly. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will be you will abound in every good work. Uh, and I just think if we are giving cheerfully and we are giving to honor God, that gift will not be in vain. It will not be a waste of money. Even if you are the, the I just one of the most common ones that I've heard of is people being fearful of giving someone cash that they would go buy it on cigarettes or alcohol or something like that. That isn't necessarily productive for what they need if they're struggling to eat and things like that. I think it all comes down to and coming back to what Jesus said in, in the Sermon on the Mount um, to the end of this message that he said about possessions in, in verse 24. And I'm going to read this in backwards order. Um, at the end of verse 24, Jesus says, you cannot serve both God and money. Okay, that's the point that he's making with possessions. You can't serve both God and money. At the beginning of verse 24, he says, no one can serve two masters because he will either hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and money. It's the point that he's making. And he's making this point in comparison to all the times throughout Israelite history where God says, you can't worship other gods, only serve me. I'm a jealous God. I am Yahweh. I am your God. Cast down all your idols, cast down all these other gods of 
Canaan, you know, as you come into the land of Canaan, destroy them all. So you're not even tempted by them at all because you can't serve two masters. That's what it all comes down to. Now, the issue is we look at material possessions and we say, well, you know, money's not an idol. It's something we need. It's something we have to have to survive. You know, we don't worship money. Well, yeah, we absolutely do. Um, in today's day and age, that's the biggest, I think the biggest idol there is um, because of the prosperity, especially in America and, and the ease there is to accumulate and be better, to look better, to be top of um, the world, to, to, you know, attain to the, your idols, to attain to the people that you look up to. Um, you know, we, we try to accumulate to gain recognition and, and notoriety, and that turns into an idol. And um, you don't have to look far in the Old Testament to see how much God disdains idol worship and how much God rejects us bringing something else into our worship of him. And the danger of possessions, the danger of materialism in the church is what Jesus says in verse 24. We can't serve two masters. If you serve Christ, he's saying, if you serve me, if your spirit, if my spirit is within you and you're worshiping the father, then you can't worship materialism. You, you can't be focused on accumulating wealth here because then you're serving two masters and you can't do that. Now, you can't love God, but then love this world. You're contradicting yourself. Um, and I just, I'm fearful of the church becoming a walking contradiction of loving God, of saying that we worship God, but then trying to match ourselves and, and measure up to the direction of the world um, through material um, gain and through accolades and stuff like that. Um, it's a dangerous piece of scripture. It's a, it's a important piece of scripture that we need to keep in mind in Matthew 6, 24. It is, you know, we can think um, in our giving, uh, man, be generous givers. Uh, you know, an another way uh, to battle materialism is I watched this documentary uh, on Netflix the other day, and it was on uh, minimalism. You guys ever heard of minimalism? Yeah. Have you ever mm -hmm. watched any minimals like on YouTube mm -hmm. or anything? All right. So minimalism is, I mean, basically what what it is. It's just living a minimal lifestyle. And there's there's hundreds of different types of minimalists. Um, but I, I was watching. Me and my wife were watching it, and um, and I'd watched a guy on YouTube not. Uh, the guy actually directed it. He has a YouTube channel that I watched. And, you know, it, it just kind of strikes me like how much um, you can do when you get rid of a lot of distractions. Mm. Uh, and that's the big thing is getting rid of the distractions in your life. See, a lot of things, it seems like, and I feel like this way, I've been happy when I was in a dorm room and had no possessions to my name except the clothes I had in my closet. Uh, I remember being happy as ever then. I remember being happy when uh, me and two buddies were renting a house and I didn't even own a car. I was paying for a car, but I didn't technically own it yet. Uh, and, you know, I didn't have any pots and pans barely. Like I, I remember those days. Uh, ramen noodles every day, right? Yeah, ramen noodles all the time. But I was so happy. And, you know, I even think now, like, 
okay, me and my wife just bought a house, but, but, um, you know, I'm still happy then, but in each stage of my life, I have had joy in the Lord, no matter if I had a lot or if I had little, uh, and I've never been, God, I've been blessed. I feel like in my life that, you know, I haven't had to go through poverty or anything. And I, mm. and, um, you know, I do have a heart for, for people in poverty. Cause that's something that is so hard to get out of. And I couldn't imagine. Mm. Um, but for those that, you know, we have material things, we need to get rid um, of distractions. And I think that's what a lot of it comes down to is <clears throat> uh, ridding ourselves of uh, distractions and focusing more on Christ. Because uh, it seems, guess what? If you have 26 cars, you know what that means? You got to get oil changes 52 times a year. Mm. <laughs> Pretty much. If you do two oil changes. Yeah, maybe year. more than that. If your <laughs> wife drives a summer set three or four <laughs> times a week to work. <laughs> exactly. So it's like the more stuff, the more maintenance. Yeah. Insurance and all that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, get rid of distractions. Get rid of um, maybe, you know, a lot of the minimalists, they, um, they get rid of some of them get rid of their houses and go tiny houses. Some of them, yeah. Um, I Which I, do, those are kind of dope. Yeah, if I was single, I would do that. Those are kind of sweet. Yeah, yeah, where it's like a little loft. And yeah, then, and it's yeah. got like everything in it. It's kind of crazy. Like <laughs> stuff crazy. just keeps coming out of like storage bins, and you're like, whoa, that's a whole bathroom like in the closet. How did that happen? Yeah. Have you seen some of those uh, apartments in New York that are like the size of a closet? Um, like so no, like $1,700 a month and you don't even have your own bathroom. You don't have a kitchen. Um, yeah, and I just mean, because you're living in New York city. Well, they said through COVID that, uh, real estate in New York, like dumped. I mean, it was like super low and really, uh, just because no one wanted to be there or people were leaving mm-hmm. or whatever, but it's still in New York. So I'm sure compared to Jamestown, it's still really well, high. That's, but... that's the reason why, um, the market, the housing market where we're at has gone up is because everyone's moving out of cities right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So, yeah. But I think, you know, materialism, you look at, you look at what Jesus says, man, he's, it's, it's easier for a camel to get through the eye of a needle than a rich man to get to heaven. And, and he's not saying that. It, it, yeah. He's yeah. not saying rich people don't go to heaven. He's not saying people with a lot of money. He's saying people who focus on their riches don't mm-hmm. go to heaven. People like Garrett was saying, um, we can't love the master and money. We can't love and serve two masters. Um, and, and it's so important that we understand that if we are putting our money before Christ, that is an idol. Uh, and scripture says don't have any idols, right? I mean, it's very cut and dry. Don't have any idols. And if you have idols when and we take them to our death, Jesus is going to look at us and say, you denied me. You never knew me. I never yeah. knew you. Um so it's so important that it's not it's not bad to have money, but it's how we live with that money. It's what we do with it. Do we choose to to have that money serve the true master, or do we serve the master of money and do we allow it to cloud our vision of Christ and to separate us from Christ? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's. Uh, do we have anything else we're going to add um, in our Man, ending today? Oh. I got it. I, I, think I, so. I have said everything I could possibly say twice now. It's all my brain can hold. It's all she's got, man. Well, my brain's calling Micah Michael, so yeah. I, there's not much. <laughs> it's a good one, though. Materialism is, is, is tough to talk about, but it's really important because every one of us can can progress forward uh, out of materialism. <clears throat> well, the, the difficulty with materialism, too, is we live in a material world yeah. while living for a supernatural spiritual world. Yep. And so, you know, 
it's like Paul says in um, in Second Corinthians, and talking Michael. about yeah, and Michael <laughs> um, talking about us being ambassadors. We're ambassadors of heaven. We're ambassadors of God's eternity. We belong to that kingdom, but we still live in the material world. So mm-hmm. you know, we have to we have to keep our allegiance to the heavenly realm that is beyond this existence and reality while also living here and proclaiming that. So, you know, there's, it's a tough road to tread, but if we get wrapped up in the material nature, we mm. forget about the, we will eventually forget about the fact that everything in, in eternity will far surpass um, anything that we could ever find here. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And in Malachi, he says, store up, uh, put the the tithes, put the tithes in the storehouse. And he talks about when we give uh, that he will bless us abundantly. So, um, and that, that those rewards are found in heaven, not on this earth. Yeah. I was going to say too, like, in if you, um, Jesus says, if you give, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Mm -hmm. And part of that is because we need to remember that what we do here isn't about, um, what, why are you laughing? Hey, Christian was doing with his hands. Like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was just wondering. We should all could see the video sometime. We'll have to do it sometime. Video. I'm glad you couldn't because I had a, a big paper towel in my nose for half the video today, for half the conversation. Today. <laughs> That's why I wish I could have seen it. <laughs> um, no, uh, where Jesus says that don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing, because if we, simply give out of a focus on what we're going to get. You know, if we have a, a karma perspective on things that we do good, so we receive good, well, that diminishes the entire purpose of not living for a material world because we're just saying, well, I'm going to give up some material as an investment to eventually get some back. But that's not the point that Jesus is making. The point Jesus is making is saying, listen, you live in a material world right now, but it's irrelevant because mm-hmm. with my spirit inside you, you're going to a heaven rea- reality, heavenly reality that will not ever compare to what you yeah. have here. So don't, you know, don't focus, don't let your left hand see what your right hand is doing or else you won't be able to focus on what's yeah. coming. The last thing I have is just kind of wrap it up with a bow. First Corinthians 13, three says, if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. So do everything out of love give out of love, love God, love others. Um, and, and that will help you with your materialism. That is for dang sure. If you're given and, and doing it with love. Yep. Absolutely. Christian, you want to pray us out, man? Yes. I will pray <laughs> us out. Thanks bro. <laughs> um, let's pray. And, uh, before I pray, be sure to, uh, like, and subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you don't like on podcasts, but you do subscribe and be sure to subscribe. Tell Leave you a f- review. Uh, oh, oh here yeah. soon that's the point of liking i think here soon we're going to have our wives on for egalitarianism oh, um so <laughs> that's the uh that's the big one that that's coming out that will be interesting <laughs> once uh covid is um leaves the I guess, well, well i was going to say i guess once me and micah and 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 then um jenny once she gets over it isabella hasn't gotten it so uh, I don't know if she'll get it or not, but uh, once that's all gone, we'll all all of us will have immunity for a while, I guess. Like in Survivor, immunity. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, I'll pray for us. 
God, we love you. And I just thank you for who you are, God. I thank you for, um, God, things you do bless us with, God. And and I, I just know that there's certain comforts in my life that I'm grateful for. Uh, but God, I pray that they never get in the way. God, I pray for those listening that uh, materials um, and things that we have and possessions would never get in our way of who you are uh, and striving to live like Christ. And uh, we love you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.